Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Today's guest is an IT recruiter at Mission Box Solutions, Navy military spouse and mother of three living in Japan. She offers a deep dive into your current recruiting process and goals, learning the behind the scenes of the projects, managers and teams IT talent will work within and attracting diverse IT talent through holistic strategies in their five-step process. Potential company partners can get in touch with today's guest via LinkedIn at www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Sanders S-A-M-C or email samantha.sanders at missionboxsolutions.com. And this will be in your show notes. The title of this episode is Finding the Right Fit in Tech. Please join me in welcoming Samantha Sanders to Embers and Wind. Welcome, Samantha. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm excited to, to be part of Embers in the Wind. This is, I'm very excited. Tell us your story about how you got into tech. My dad was in DevOps, so I've been surrounded by tech pretty much all of my life. We always had the latest technology and naturally kept up to date. Really, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I grew up and spent a lot of time in the retail industry, job hopping a lot, uh, especially as a military spouse moving all the time. And then I got into project management and really kind of fell in love with all of the processes and such, but it wasn't all that flexible as, as much as I had needed. So I had, I had pivoted to recruiting and I knew that tech was the future and being surrounded by it my entire life. I could obviously see that and see it growing in front of me as I age. And so I learned, I learned how to speak tech. I even took a Python programming language course, data analytics course, and just kind of fell in love with it. But that aspect wasn't really for me. So I decided to do recruiting for it instead. I would have thought you had a background in education and tech, but I learned that you don't. Tell us about your background, your education. I I actually went to college several times and I I never finished college actually I was a college dropout about three times uh, all for different all for different industries and types of careers 
I, I learned pretty much everything that I know from online courses like YouTube and Coursera, networking. I'm really kind of like that, that Jane of all trades. I owned my own virtual assistance agency for two years and studied hardcore for social media strategy. Through there, I learned, you know, data, data analytics and such as well. I took an IT recruitment program to learn how to speak tech. And then I ended up here and I continue to learn uh, all the time. I'm always taking extra courses on my own time or reading articles about what's new. I just, I have that intellectual curiosity. I love to learn. So this relates to your, what drives you today? How does this relate? Um, I think it relates because tech is always changing. I mean, just look at when I was a kid, you know, you had the the big, the big boxes as computers and, and now you have like, barely see it. They have like technology that's just amazing. And it's, it's learning while you're using it. So I think the fact that I have that intellectual curiosity to, to learn something new really helped benefits me to keep up to date with tech. How is being a recruiter for Mission Box Solutions the right fit for you in tech? Well, Mission Box Solutions is a veteran-owned startup. As a military spouse myself, that comes close to my heart. Uh, we're very passionate about working with veterans. I mean, we work with all kinds of people, but we we come from that that military background. My dad was also military as well, so so I it, that was the right fit for me in general. Being a recruiter, I get to help people. I've been the job hopper. I've been the person that could not get their foot in the door for anything besides retail positions or fast food. They have that potential, but they just don't know how to show it on a resume or even in an interview. Mm -hmm. So I just love helping connecting those people with companies that are striving to innovate and looking for people that are eager to learn and and just dominate the tech industry. And likewise for, for companies, I mean, I, I really believe that culture is everything and uh -huh. um, finding the right culture fit will definitely help your business in so many ways versus just looking for skills. What is it about veterans? Why should people serve veterans? Veterans have a lot of skills that their civilian peers do not have. And they've been trained extensively in leadership and teamwork. They live it, they breathe it. It is part of their everyday life. Diversity and inclusion, they've worked directly alongside people from different, different colors to cultures to religions and abilities. Just on one ship, they could have people from five different countries working with you. And that's, you know, contractors and also military members. They've been in conditions to work under pressure with the limited knowledge and tools. A perfect example of this would be like for the Marines, the Crucible, or for the Navy called Battle Stations, where they, there's a little different for each branch, but they have to stay up anywhere between 24 to 48 hours they are put through some grueling conditions. They have to think, they have to hike, they have to do things that you probably, most people wouldn't be able to do, just being tired and starving. 
just for their basic training, they have to do that. You know, they're required to attend several safety and health trainings every year. They have to use, they have to practice those on a daily basis. They're very compliant for health and safety standards. They exceed typical levels of stamina, endurance, and stability because they've had to have that mission critical mindset. And in a mission critical mindset, the job has to get done at all costs. Wow. And you have to put your personal abilities aside to get Uh that job done. With Mission Box Solutions, like we recognize these great qualities and it extends from our CEO. Our CEO is a disabled veteran. So we we're basically we're built on all of these different things. Thank you, Samantha. Please express my sincere appreciation to Mission Box Solutions CEO, your husband and your Mission Box Solution colleagues for serving our country. What is the current and future job growth in tech? So in tech, there's about over 400,000 tech jobs every year currently, and it's expected to grow 15% by 2031. So just 10 years. And that's much faster than the average for any industry. So by 2031 in 10 years, there's going to be over 680,000 new jobs in tech that need to be filled. That's 15% per year, correct? Yes. Mission Box Solutions knows that there's a current talent shortage. And if the jobs increase more, then there'll be a lot more people transitioning into a new career. Since there's going to be more people transitioning, companies are going to need to focus on hiring for a culture fit and persona and willingness to learn to be able to fill the amount of positions they need to keep the business going because people won't have, the new people won't have all of the technical skills needed to get the job. So they'll need to be able to hire people that are easily adaptable, that can learn the new skill, which means also more extensive hiring strategies. Really right now, what's kind of being the main change in the industry is holistic hiring, hiring for that culture fit, the persona, because people that are hired for soft skills, while finding people for soft skills are actually harder to find, it's actually been proven that they are easily able to be brought up to speed in a job versus people that already have those hard skills. So your your hiring strategies are definitely going to have to be more extensive to be able to find these soft-skilled people. Mission Box Solutions already uses these holistic hiring strategies. You're going to have to try to adapt to a new process if you don't hire an external agency that already uses these processes. Um, And it's going to be pretty difficult adaption. Thank you. What can you share about the starting wages in tech? So the starting wages in tech really depend on location and experience and such, but and the role you're applying for. But I would say the starting role is probably about 75000 on average for a majority of the roles. I've even seen some start starting at about eighty-five to 90000 So 
it depends on the role and the company and the location, but I would say a healthy start is about 75,000. Yeah. Is there any place where tech is not already infiltrated or will not be infiltrated in the future? There are actually a lot of industries where tech really hasn't been adopted really as much. I mean, you know, movies, books, retail industry, restaurant industry, even like hair salons, There, mm -hmm. there's even healthcare. Now, that's not to say that it hasn't touched it at all. In order for a business to be alive at somewhat today, tech has to have touched it a little bit. Yeah. So these industries have not really been affected much by tech at all. They haven't been adopting it that much. Since COVID though, they have grown more, mm -hmm. but they're not really making any waves right now. I mean, you can see that with like Blockbuster and such like that. They, they did not move towards the tech era and they fell off. Same thing with Toys R Us. You mentioned healthcare specifically, and I think about robotics in healthcare and robotics are using in surgery now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, healthcare I, is infiltrated. Yeah, I think healthcare obviously uses technology. Um, they do have some smart technology, but it is not in the waves that I would say is, it, it, the computer's not doing it for you. It's just helping you see a little better or, you know, maybe helping with a little bit more precision, but it's not, it's not doing it for you. It, you know, yeah. where tech going is right now, the technology does it for you. It creates these workflows that you don't really have to touch it until it gets to a certain point. And in healthcare, that's just, as of right now, that's, that's not really happening. Yeah. I mean, robotic or like, you know, robotic arms and, and limbs and such like that. Like, yes, there is that, but that's not really that big of a market, right? Yet. Okay. What does it mean to be the right fit in tech? I would say that the right fit in tech is as a job seeker, I would say that it's whatever makes you happy. Whatever is is going to be that one thing that helps you get up in the morning. To be in tech, you you need to be somebody that loves to learn. There are people that love to study, love to learn, especially with all the videos that we have nowadays that just make it so much easier. And the Gen Z population and millennial um, generation have both shown that they are very eager to learn. They just need to be able to have that chance. So the right fit for a candidate, what about the right fit for a company? The right fit for a company would be to look more at that person's persona and, and the culture that they want to be a part of. The problem is, is that a lot of companies, especially their internal teams, are focused on just filling roles fast. And they're looking at just the experience profile. You really have to look at, is this person somebody that likes to build projects all the time and then, you know, move to the next project? Or is it, is it, is this person going to be maintenancing a system? 
somebody that likes to build projects is not going to be happy maintaining a system mm-hmm. at all. I know for a fact that I am somebody that's more like a builder. I like to move from project to project and I don't like to, I don't like monotonous work, but there are people out there that do. Two companies could have the same Java developer title, similar role, but it's completely different for each company. So finding that candidate that can verbalize, or at least, you know, you can kind of tell what kind of work style is best for them versus just Mm -hmm. getting the job is really important. And that's why Mission Box Solutions really does that. Like we, we really have that holistic approach to recruiting. We really look into both the candidate and the company to find out about the work culture, um, what makes the project exciting, because that's what's going to attract your talent. That's going to, that's how you're going to find your fit is being able to, to explain your company in a way that is highly attractive, Mm -hmm. almost like attracting a customer, but you're attracting a candidate. And you have to be transparent about it too. That's a really big thing now too. You have to be very transparent about your company culture. If you're having issues, say it. It doesn't have to be talked about, you know, the, the terrible issues, but you know, don't don't lie to the recruiter or the candidate so that when they're hired, then they're unhappy. Well, you told me before that your passion is serving the candidate. And Mission Box Solutions also serves the vendor the provider, the company, you believe you're in the right fit. Please help us understand that a little more. Yeah, I and Mission Box Solutions are very passionate about finding that match. There's no perfect match. Let's just be clear about that. There's, I mean, we're all human, but we're, we're really, I like to think of it like Tinder for business. That's, that's kind of my little saying that I like to say. Um, we, we like to match based on experience, culture, and persona. We do that deep dive with the company and we do the deep dive with the candidate as well to find that match, you know, so that way we can culture fit them and find somebody, find a role for the candidate and a candidate for the company that is going to make everything worthwhile. Yeah. I'm thinking the right fit for a candidate is the right fit for a company too, because if it's not, you don't have somebody that shows up on a regular basis. You don't have somebody that gives their all to the company. And companies benefit when people give their all and people benefit when they find the right fit, someplace where they want to give their all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that, you know, the, the downsides of not taking this extra time to find the right fit is, you know, for a company, it, it costs a minimum of $10,000 to replace a role. And that's not including advertising, onboarding, you know, everything in between. And it costs, you know, especially for a tech role, it costs upwards to two to three times their salary. That's insane. Um, and for a candidate, or well, for also for a company, you know, it, it also hurts their credibility, their retention rate, um, especially if they have a bad experience with it, a, a, a higher, it, it, it affects different things. And if your candidate is, or your new employee is not happy, 
They're not going to be productive. They're going to be calling out all the time. They're going to be late. Um, your your service product services, your customers are going to be affected by it. It's a huge issue. Yes. So it's really important to try and get it right the first time by using more of a holistic approach. Um, the people that have the skills, they're great, but the people that also don't, um, they're amazing too. They're the ones that are like super eager to learn. Um, they just need that chance. And for a candidate side, you know, if you're not happy in a job, you have you you can be surrounded by end up being surrounded by a toxic work environment um, and not even meaning to. And, you know, if you're not happy, you don't want to, you're miserable, you're depressed, it affects your mental health, um, which also affects your physical health. And then mm-hmm. the people around you, it's, it's like, it spreads like wildfire. So it's not just the companies that are affected by this. It's also the, it's also the employee, the new candidate. Where is a win for the company, not a win for the job candidate? I would say that there's no such thing. <laughs> If you can't if you can't get the good fit, then then you're not winning on either side. Who else wins when a company finds the right fit in tech? I would say that, you know, if you're using an external recruiter, they have their win too. Your customers have their win because if everybody's happy, the customer's happy. So I would say the employer, the external recruiting agency that you're using, if you are using one the candidate, the customers, and also the team, because the team's got to work with them. (laughs) So there's a lot of people that win when you get this one right. Please share a few tips to help both companies and candidates ensure candidates find the right fit in tech. For a company, I would say Honestly, try hiring an external recruiting agency that specializes in this because they are industry specialists. Um, Now, of course, hiring is changing constantly right now. They're also usually specialists in marketing. And, you know, as a company, you're a specialist in your own thing. And you need to spend that time doing that, building that, innovating that, and creating that culture that you really desire. And uh, internal teams and external teams can both work really well together. Do a deep dive with the hiring manager and the team. The team really should get somewhat of a say of what culture would really fit in with their team. You know, are there any rock stars on the team that that the, the candidate could learn from or maybe that could help provide a little bit of friendly competition? Why does the team like working there? Like, what's interesting about it and for the project you know what's interesting about the product what 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 makes the project exciting that the candidate is going to be attracted to and also like the tech stack used and because people like to be up to date on the new tech stacks especially in it so so that's a really good place to start um, is doing a real deep dive and, and getting involved in that process and then for a candidate I would say, hmm, for a candidate, I would say to make sure that you have a good job search strategy. Go on LinkedIn or another job website and find 10 to 20 
different roles that are hiring for your title and read them, look at the culture, see if it has the benefits that you're looking for first, and then do, do a deep dive on those companies. You know, look at, look at the people that are there are currently in that role, ask some questions, like look and see what their employees, their, their current and their past employees are posting about them. That gives you an idea of what the teams are going to be like, what culture's like, make sure that it's the benefits that you want before you even start applying. You know, you really have to do your research. It's not, can't just hit easy apply on everything. It's not, that's not really how it works anymore. You're more likely to get a job networking with a recruiter than you are applying for the job on the job board. Who ought to be on the job interview team for the company? I would say if it's for the internal company, I would say obviously the hiring manager, maybe a team member to sit in. Sometimes more than one person can be a little intimidating for the candidate because it's two against one. It it, it definitely helps with bias as well to have more than one person, you know, make it more of a conversation more versus an interrogation. You don't want to intimidate them. People are already very nervous when going to an interview. What about the person that's going to supervise them after they are hired? Sometimes that's the hiring manager. Sometimes it's not. Anybody that would be involved in their day-to-day work life that has some authority over them should be involved in the interview process. Thank you. What is your five-step process? So our TA Logic five-step process approach is we have an initial meeting uh, with the stakeholder, with the stakeholder um, to understand your needs, your goals, the financial situation, and then help establish that company profile to understand your culture and your vision um, to make sure that we find candidates that align with that. And then we're, we're going to determine the selling points of the company. So if there's a distinct opportunity for growth in the industry within the company, which for IT, usually there is, basically, we're trying to find those things that are going to appeal to the candidates looking for a career to be able to make a positive impact. You know, and then we go over the benefits package and everything like that. Our, our phase two is a stakeholder discussion and marketing plan. Uh, we include all of the stakeholders. So sometimes that can be some team members, like basically anybody involved in their day-to-day work life that uh, has some authority over them. We involve all of them in these discussions and we do a deep dive on the team, the, cult- the company culture and the project so that way we can craft a job description that and an ideal candidate profile that would be best for the company. And then we create a marketing plan for it, uh, whether it's organic or paid advertising. Then our phase three, uh, we research, source, and screen. We create a personalized search strategy and we identify the best 200 candidates within the talent pool. And then we qualify the 100 best to assess. And then we do our screening and it can be through experience required, characteristics, sought, education or certification, leaderships, 
leadership style or interpersonal style. Um, it's based on whatever we we and the stakeholders have discussed during the meetings. But we narrow it down to 15 to 20 candidates. And then our phase four, we go through the candidate presentation and offer. So that's when we do our interviews and then we bring them to the hiring manager and we give them their their final results, our final couple candidates, and then they're presented an offer. Our phase five, we actually do help with the onboarding with conducting the background checks and if any counting counter offers. We do we do checks with the employees. Uh, and this is something that's super different that I haven't really seen very many people do. Normally when you're hired, you're kind of like dropped off at the hiring manager's door and you never hear from the person that recruited you ever again. Mm -hmm. We actually contact them at like 15 days, we contact them on their first day of work to congratulate them. Two weeks later, 45 days after 75 days. And then we just basically kind of make sure that, you know, they're happy in their role. If they have any questions, what they like about it, what's going well, what are the highlights? just to make sure that we show that, that we care and everything's going right. And then we also keep in contact with our with the company as well every every month or so. So that's our five-step process. How do you strive to, to be different at Mission Box Solutions? We strive to be different through our holistic approach, through our, through our five-step process. We want to make sure that we are can very candidate centric. The candidate is just as important to us as our company clients. Being able to have the ability to dive a little bit deeper into it to make that perfect match is really kind of what drives us to be different. We're very passionate about about that holistic approach. And your talent acquisition, how is that different? I would say that what makes us different in that is that we build relationships with both the company and the and the candidate, um, and we continue to keep them. A lot of what I've seen is not; it's more about a transaction, um, even with the candidate, and that is not who we want to be. We want to be that person that they refer them to because we were there for them every step of the way and even after. How could someone who resonates with your message stay connected with you? So for job seekers, you can stay connected with me on LinkedIn. I have a newsletter called Tips for Text that I just released. And it's all about job seekers that going into tech, that would be the, really the best way to, to keep in contact with me. For companies, you can either message me on LinkedIn or you can email me at samantha.sanders at missionboxsolutions.com. If a listener is interested in exploring whether Mission Box Solutions is the right fit for their company to have a business relationship with, can they contact you? Absolutely. Um, I personally hire in, in IT, but the rest of my team, we actually have, um, we do five different industries that we work in. If you're, if you're looking for IT or whether you're looking for a different industry, you can always contact me and 
Um, I'm the senior fold full desk IT recruiter here, so I do a lot of it. Samantha, do you have a benevolent call to action to invite interested listeners to take to apply what they learned in this conversation? I invite job seekers to seek me out to follow my content. Um, and that is because I provide a lot of resources to job seekers from how to get seen on social media by the job that you want to how to do your resume to how to do the interviews effectively. I really try to be transparent and I've even kind of done that. I have a hashtag, hashtag transparent recruiter for companies. The call to action would be if you're looking for, if, if you're struggling with keeping up with your recs and you need help and you need a new hiring strategy for your IT candidates, get in contact with me and we can help. Thank you so much, Samantha, for being a guest on Embers and Wind. Thank you for having me, Keith. I'm, I was happy to be here. I'm glad to be able to share what I know. We hope you, our loyal listeners, found value from joining this conversation with Samantha today. We look forward to your next visit in two weeks. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.